Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Praise God, let's pray. Father, we just open our hearts to you tonight, to your spirit, to your word. I thank you that your word is life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We thank you for your word tonight to encourage us and strengthen us, help us to grow and become the people you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk, just share with you for a little while tonight on prayer. Uh, I'm going to say some of the things that we've said, that I've said before, but I felt to kind of just uh, go back over some things, kind of reemphasize them, bring them to the forefront once again, uh, because prayer is so important. It's a part of our walk with God as we relate to God, as we fellowship with God, as we commune with Him. Prayer is the place that uh, that it, where we where we meet with God and find out His will for our lives, and have Him impart to us His His strength and His Spirit. In uh, in First Corinthians chapter three, it, it says that we are laborers, we are co-laborers with, we are laborers together with God. And uh, you know, it's interesting. God is, you know, God is the head. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Jesus is the head of the body. Uh, but it takes both the head and the body normally to accomplish something. The head doesn't do much by itself. It needs the other parts of the body in order to accomplish what it wants to do on the earth. And uh, it's it's kind of that way with God. You know, I'm, not, I'm not saying that God, uh, that God can't or won't do anything Apart from the body, I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. You know, somebody say amen. It's, you know, he's God. But he, but he uses his body. Yeah, but there's, times, there's times in the Bible where God just kind of shows up, you know, and does what he wants to do. You know, I, was, I was thinking of the Apostle Paul. Well, he went, before he was Paul, when he was Saul of Tarsus, I mean, he was a Pharisee. The Bible says, he was, you know, the story in Acts chapter 9, he's on his way to Damascus, to, to find Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem and torture them and put them in jail and kill them. And, uh, and just about the time he's there, all of a sudden this light flashes from God and God just shows up in his life. You know, it's like, bam. The, the, the image I always get of that is, remember the, remember the, old, um, the old cameras that had the flash bulbs on them? And whenever you took a picture, it kind of popped, you know? I, I just kind of see that magnified about a thousand times. You know, here's... here's Saul on his way to Damascus, and bam, you know, it's a, it knocks him off his horse, and, and God just deals with him one-on-one. -on -one. So God just kind of shows up in his life. But then later, God uses people. You know, later on, a few days later, God sends Ananias. Instead, instead of God going directly to Saul and dealing with him about being filled with the Spirit and what's going on in his life, he sends Ananias. And so but God does that. He works mostly through people. And that's why we need to be in touch with him. That's why we need to be uh, find out his will for us in our lives because he, he'll work through us in the earth. You know, 
God could have, God, you know, I, I think of something, I think God could have gone to Peter, God could have appeared to Peter somehow and said, Peter, go to Cornelius' house and preach. But instead, he sends an angel to Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 and has Cornelius send men to get Peter and bring him back. So it's like God, God uses us, why? Because we're, we're, the, we're the body, we're his body on the earth and, he, he, and, from, time, and from most of the time, he uses us. But to me, it's just interesting that God does use us because you know, we're, he's perfect and we're flawed, but he uses us anyway, praise God. But one of the activities that, that, that God has for us uh, as, as his agents on the earth is to pray. We're, we are instructed to pray because in prayer is where we find out God's will for us, God's purpose and God's plan. But, I, you know, I wonder... And I say this maybe because prayer has always been a struggle. I'll be honest with you, prayer has always been a struggle for me. I've, I've always struggled to discipline myself to pray. I mean, some, I guess some people have real uh, effective prayer lives, and I wish mine was more effective. I mean, I do pray, but, but I talk, over the years, it's always been a struggle. I have to really work at disciplining myself to pray. I don't, I don't know why that is. I, I'm a... I'm a 25, you know, I'm the kind of guy, it's like, okay, in 25 words or less, tell me what's going on. I mean, if, if someone, if I talk to somebody like on the phone or whatever, and they start going on and on and on and on, they lose me. I mean, I'm, I'm really struggling you know, to, to hang in there after about a minute or two, you know. That's just me. Uh, I'm just a kind of a short-winded guy. Uh, I don't... I've never really spent hours, you might say, soaking, waiting on the Lord. And so some people do. It's like I, I envy them. I really do. Because that's where, that's where you, God can really contact you. Anyway, but that's me. So I, maybe, maybe I see prayer in a different light because it's always been kind of a struggle in my life. But, uh, but God wants us to pray. But I really wonder how many Christians uh, have really effective prayer lives. That they're praying prayers that make a difference. You know, I feel like, I think a lot of times we pray, people, and I'm not saying this to judge or criticize, I'm really not, but just just my own personal sensing. And uh, I think a lot of people pray pray weak prayers or, or, or just kind of rote prayers uh, to, to, to ease your conscience. You know, we, we spend some time praying and we say, okay, I prayed. You know, I did, I did my duty, that kind of thing, you know. And... Uh, I don't know if they really, if they really had their druthers, if they'd really want to. But God wants us to want to pray, to want to fellowship with Him, to want to spend time with Him. I think, I think sometimes people don't pray a lot, but when the crisis comes, all of a sudden they, they cry out to God, and expect Him to come, you know, just come and just bail Him out, and and then go on His way. So anyway, I just want to look at, I just want to look at prayer tonight for a little bit, encourage us in our prayer walk, if I can. And uh, I'm going to do that usually basically talking about the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. So let's go there, and we'll just spend some time there for a little bit. In Matthew chapter 6, it's what I call the, the three whens, W-H-E-N-S, the three whens. Jesus says, talks about when you pray, when you give first. He talks about when you give, and, he, and then he talks about that. He says, when you pray, he talks about that. 
And, he, and then he says, when you fast, he talks about that. Now, we like the first two. We, we, we uh, avoid the third one at all cost. You know, I mean, we know, we know we're supposed to give, and that's, that's not, well, yeah, we understand, so that's not a problem. I'm, I'm glad to give. I'm glad to support the work of the Lord. And we know we're supposed to pray, so that's not a problem. I, I, I don't have a problem, but I'll pray. God wants me to pray, I'll pray. But then fasting is like, the Lord spoke to me years ago and said, you know, in, in the body of Christ, fast is a four-letter word. Well, it is a four-letter word, but I knew what he meant. You know, it's like a, a word we're not supposed to say. <laughs> we don't like fasting because it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. But anyway, it's one of the wins. When you, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. But Jesus taught on prayer. And uh, he, he had a very, Jesus had a very committed prayer life himself. That's, that's one thing that encourages me. It's like, Jesus, when he was on the earth, he felt the need to pray. So I, so I should, it doesn't bother me to feel the need to pray. In, in Mark chapter 1 and verse 35, it says, And rising up a great while before day, he got up, left the house, and went to a secluded place and was praying there. You know, it's, we get to, we get to chapter, when we get to Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus talks about prayer, what's one of the things he says? He says, when you pray, uh, go, go, go into your closet. The King James says, go into your closet. But go to a secluded place, a private place. Go into the inner room, it says in my Bible. And just separate yourself. You know, it, yeah, you, you can, I can pray in my car and I can pray when I'm mowing the lawn. But it's, just, it's distracted prayer. God wants us to have focused prayer. And that's why for me, the best time to pray, I don't sleep real good at night. I, I sleep a few hours and I wake up. And for me, it's always the best time because I can spend an hour and a half or an hour, an hour and a half praying, and I can go back to bed. But it's, but it's dark, and I take my computer. I don't my com see that computer's open. I fold my computer down. Uh, the phone's not ringing. My cell phone is somewhere else, and I can just spend some time alone with God. And boy, I tell you, that, to me, that's the best time. And if you can do that, if not, find a time. Find a time that works for you, but we have to get, we have to be separated, separated from God. But that's what Jesus did. I like that. He says, he, he just didn't get up. He got up, he left the house, he went to a secluded place and was praying there. And then in Mark, in Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 5, it says, but Jesus himself would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. He would just, anytime, sometime, often, during the day, He'd tell his disciples, I guess, just to hang in there, stop where they were, and he'd go off and pray for a while, and then he'd come back. And Luke chapter 6, he said he, he sent the disciples away. He went up on the mountain and prayed, and he says, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. I thought, Lord, he spent the whole night in prayer to God, just fellowshipping with the Father, just communing with him, just being strengthened by his spirit. When Jesus went to Jerusalem, Remember that time he made a scourge and he drove the money changers and, the, and those who were selling doves out of the temple. What did, he, what did he say about the temple? He said, my house shall be called what? A house of prayer. It's supposed to be a house of prayer, not a, not a place where people are just doing everything they want to do. And finally, uh, when he faced his greatest test, the cross, what, how, did, how, did he, how did he prepare himself to face that? He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and prayed. For, for, it looks like the Bible says probably about three hours. He 
prayed and, his, and he was in such distress, the Bible says, his sweat became like great drops of blood. Just the sweat was just pouring off him because he was so, he was in such anguish because of the physical and he was going to be separated from, he was going to take upon himself the sin of the world. The, the, the holy, righteous God, son of God was going to take upon himself the sin of the world. But he, he, he strengthened himself in prayer to do what God called him to do. And God wants us to be strengthened in prayer. God doesn't want. God doesn't tell us to pray just to keep us busy. And well, you know, I, these Christians, I got to give them. I got to give them something to do, so I tell them to go pray. No, but he, but he wants us to pray because <clears throat> I believe because he wants. He's gonna. He wants us to pray prayers so he can answer them, so he can give us what 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 we want and what he wants us to have. Our prayers are supposed to have an effect on this physical world. What does it say in James chapter five? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man what avails much. The effectual fervent prayer. That's that's why that's why just kind of superficial prayers, you know that that we're not. My heart's really not in it. I'm just kind of praying. I'm just kind of spinning my wheels to 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 make myself feel good that I prayed. But the Bible says it's the effectual fervent prayer. It's a heartfelt. I think, I think the Amplified says a heartfelt prayer avails much. When our heart's in it, God will move. He really will. He'll move on our behalf. The world is a dangerous place. You know, I, I guess one reason why I'm focusing on prayer is because I see everything that's going on in the world, it, it's, it's bothering me. It really is. <clears throat> things that are going on in our country, things that are going on in the world, I feel like, God, I've got to pray. I've got to get peace. I've got to have peace. And and I can't just, and I feel a responsibility to pray. You know, it says in Romans chapter 8, when you don't know how to pray as you ought, the Spirit of God will make intercession through you. It's like, I don't know how to pray for what's going on in the world. I, I mean, I, I understand some things, but I don't know the whole story. Uh, what's going on in our country? I feel like, God, I've got to, I've got to spend, I've got to pray and intercede, not just for my own needs, and we'll see that. But for the for the for every for everything that's going on in the world, I just pray in the spirit. I pray, Father. I don't know how to pray, but I thank you that the Spirit of God will make intercession and pray through me the perfect will of God. And I spend time praying and interceding for this for for what's going on for wars and and for everything that's going on for what's going on in our country. And I pray, God, come and manifest yourself in the earth. I mean, that's part of, part of the Lord's. Part of the Lord's prayer is, God, your, your kingdom come. Come. Kingdom of God, come. Come in the earth. Will of God be done in the earth. Your, your will is not always being done. Your kingdom is not, hasn't, hasn't totally come. But I'm praying, <clears throat> you, to, you saw us to pray, Lord, for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And I'm praying that over and over again, just crying out to God. God, come. God, come. God, come. Well, one of these days, his kingdom is going to become in, in fullness and in glory. And but we've been taught to pray that for thousands, for a couple thousand years. And we're still praying it. We're going to continue to pray it. So God does what he says he's going to do. Hallelujah. Time for, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a chicken little. You know what chicken little is? That's, I thought my grandkids are probably not going to know what chicken, when I say, I don't want to be a chicken little. Your, fo your, your folks will explain it to you when you get home. But I don't want to, you know, a chicken, chicken little go, the sky's falling. You know, it would be some kind of a paranoid. I, I, it's not what I, I don't want to be an alarmist. But at the same time, I feel like 
we can't just sit idly by as the body of Christ and not, not intercede and cry out to God for him to have his way on the earth. It's our responsibility to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse, in verse 7, it says, And when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words. So we're not supposed to just pray those kind of rote prayers over and over and over again. You know, the, the, the Muslims have their prayer beads. The, the Buddhists have their uh, these, they, these circular things that they spin um, to make prayers. And you, you, we, we need to pray heartfelt prayers, not just, not just prayers that, that we think we're going to get God's attention because we just say something over and over and over again. That's not the way it works. But it says, So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you have before you ask Him. Father knows what you need before you ask Him. That's why we don't have to pray over and over again, because God knows what we need. We go to Him, we ask Him, He, he hears us and He'll answer if we pray in faith, believing. But then He, then he goes on to teach what we call the Lord's Prayer. I don't know that, I don't know that Jesus ever prayed this prayer, because... You know, at one point it says, forgive us our sins, our debts. I forgive, you know, forgive us our debts. He didn't ever need to pray that. But I believe this is, the, this is the prayer he taught the apostles to pray. It wasn't his, we call it the Lord's Prayer, but it's really, I guess, the apostles' prayer. But, uh, but the first thing he says is, it starts off, our Father who art in heaven. As I've been meditating, preparing for tonight, uh, I've been going over this over and over and over again in my heart, my mind, and just kind of asking God to show me some things. And I'll tell you, this word Father, the word Father is becoming very, very, uh, I shouldn't say very, very, it's becoming more real to me than it ever has. I'm just really, I don't know how to say it, I'm just really sensing that God is my Father, that He's a, He's a real Father. Now, my father was, uh, he was there, he was at the house, but he was, I don't remember my dad ever spending much time with me, ever talking much to me. Uh, but God is God. I never had a father who was loving and affectionate and affirming and uh, was really a part of my life and, that, I, that I felt close to. But God wants to be that to me. He wants to be that to all of us. He wants us to really know him as a loving father, a father who cares, a father who, who, who gives us wisdom, who directs our lives, who helps us in our ways, who makes us feel important, a father who's really there, and when necessary to correct us. But that's, that's the, I'm just becoming so much more aware that God is my father. It's doing something in me. It's, helping, it's, my, it's, wanting me, it's making me want to draw closer to him and spend time with him. But something else I noticed in that prayer that I've, I just I just never saw it in this light before. It doesn't. It's not, it's not a me, my, and I prayer. It's an our and us prayer. It's not my Father who's in heaven. It's our Father who is in heaven. 
It's give us this day our daily bread. It's not give me. It's not give me my daily bread. It's an. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a corporate prayer. God wants us to pray, uh, not as an individual, but as a member of His body. I see. I see myself as part. Part of you. You're part of me. I'm part. Of, we're, we're. We're a body. We're. We're a family. That's. And that's how God wants us to, to pray. God, our Father. You know, I'm, it's like I'm one of the children in, like, Lisa and Darren have four boys. No one of them prays my father. I mean, if they were going to pray, they're going to say, oh, you're our father. We're all part of the family. And I thank you that you're a father to all of us. So I'm looking at that. I'm saying, oh, father. I, I think we inadvertently have made this, uh, I think we, it's, it hasn't been uh, a malicious intent. But inadvertently, we've kind of made it a, a self-centered prayer. We think of it as, as me praying for my needs, for my blessing, for my things. But we're really praying our, for us, for, for others. And so the first thing is we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, we just want to spend time worshiping you, glorifying, declaring your majesty, your greatness, your kindness toward us, everything good that you are to us. I want to bless you, Lord. So it's, when you, when you pray, sometimes just take some time and spend time just glorifying God for who he is, for what he's done in your life, thanking him for the cross, thanking him for the blood, thanking him that you're saved, that you're part of the family because of what Jesus did, and blessing him. And then it says, and then, we, and then the next thing we do is we spend time uh, submitting to him, telling him that his Lord, you're not my will, but your will be done. I want, I want, I want your your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth. God, that's what I, I want. Your will to I want. I want things on the earth to re, to be like they are in heaven, peaceful, glorious, perfect. And I'm praying that over every day, just about every day, praying and asking God to come. And bless. As part of the body, we are affected by others, and others are affected by us. And we have to understand that. That's why, you know, that's why I always want to encourage people to come on, on Sunday, on Wednesday. Come, just come. Because you know, we, are, we are better with you than without you. We're just more, there's more of anointing here with you than without you. There's more power here with you than without you. You know, we're dependent upon each other. You know, a lot of people don't see themselves as, as mattering, that, but, you, but you do matter. On the negative side of that, what we do affects others. You know, I was thinking, there's a story in, uh, in the book of Joshua. When the, when the, Israelites came into the promised land. The first city they went to is what? Jericho, remember? They marched around Jericho, the walls came down. And there was a, everything, they, Joshua said, everything in the city is under what they call under the ban. It's cursed. So we're going to take everything. We're going to take all the clothes, all the furniture, all the gold. We're going we're to pile it up in the middle of Jericho. We're going to offer it up as a burnt offering to God. Don't take anything because it's under the ban. Well, there was a guy named Achan. And Achan had, he made a mistake. He saw a beautiful garment. He saw some silver and some gold. 
he took him and he hid him in his tent. And the next, so the, after Jericho, they had this little town called Ai. Ai was probably like, I don't know, Remsen or something. So they said, you know, we don't need to send the whole army to, to, to this Ai, just a small little, just send a couple of, couple of platoons. We take care of them. It's going to be easy. So they go there and they fight and they're defeated. And 36 men die because of what Achan did. Achan caused the death of 36 guys. See? It's like, it doesn't matter if I take that. Yeah, it does. That's why all of us are, uh, are kind of, I don't, I don't mean to put, the, to put a trip on us, but at the same time, all of us uh, are, really, uh, are really bound together with each other. And it's important that we live for God. For all of us to live for God the best we can because it affects the body. And God wants us to be strong in the body and the power of his might. So your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. I can find myself in my notes. I lost myself in my notes, praise God. I'm going back. I'm not just praying for my needs to be met. I'm praying for all of us to have our needs met. Because in in the answer of that prayer is my needs. In other words, if God if God supplies all of us, I'm part of all of us, so I get mine. When when we all get ours, I get mine. Yes. But my prayer is not just about me, it's about God blessing us. God, I want, you to bless, I want you to bless my brothers and sisters. I want you to bless the family of God. Not just me, but all of us. You know, in the early church, the Bible says there was not one person in need. That They sold property, they sold things that they had, and they brought the money and they laid it at the apostles' feet. So the, and I'm not saying we need to do that, but all I'm saying is there was, this, there was a sense of community, a sense of uh, <clears throat> if somebody in the body of Christ didn't have something, we we're all going to pitch in and help out. We want to keep everybody oh, prosperous and well in Jesus' name. So we're going to bless. And forgive us our trespasses uh, as we forgive those who trespass against us. I just want to spend a minute here on this one. Listen, this, I found this in the Common English Bible. Forgive, forgive us for the ways we have wronged you just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. Let me let me read that again. This is this is the new this is the the common English Bible interpretation of uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. You know we all we all want to be forgiven when we do wrong. Amen. And. Uh, and we want others to understand why we want others to, un to understand why we did that. I was, I was having a bad day. I was tired. I, I didn't feel good. I just had a flat tire. My boss chewed me out. You have, you know, we, they, we want we want people to understand and to, and to give us some, cut us some slack. Say, okay, we understand. We understand why you were so nasty. We understand why we can't stand you. You know, we. We understand why you're so repulsive. You have, you, you're having a bad day. But, you know, we, we want people to understand us and forgive us. But when somebody else 
commits an offense, we, we want to hold them accountable. We don't want to cut them the same slack as we want them to cut us. Come on, somebody help me out. Because what they did upset us. But God wants us to be forgiving of others in the same way we want others to be forgiving of us. You know what that is? It's the golden rule. It's treating others the way we want others to treat us. And that really helps me to forgive when I have to. I, I heard someone say this a long time ago. I'll stop getting mad at you for making mistakes when I stop making them. And we all make mistakes. We have to be gentle with people. We have to be kind. We have to be forgiving. God wants us to be that way. Forgive us. Forgive us our trespasses, Lord, as we forgive those who trespass against us. God, help us to be a forgiving people. You know, I love that scripture in Colossians chapter 3. Listen, this, this puts me under conviction every time I read it. <laughs> Colossians 3 and verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, that's us, holy and beloved, that's sort of us, Put, uh, no, that's us. I'm, I'm teasing. Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So in the same way that God's forgiven us, God wants us to be kind, compassionate, gentle, and forgiving. In the same way that God has forgiven us, we're supposed to forgive others. And that's what, and that's what we t we're taught to pray. God, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The prayer for provision is a daily prayer. The prayer for, is a daily prayer, and the prayer for forgiveness of our sins should also be uh, a daily prayer. Every day we should we should not let the sun go down before we we get right with God if we have to. I should be sensitive to the Spirit of God, confess any sin that I need to, and repent daily. Don't put it off till the next day. Don't allow it to fester. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians. Be, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the, the sun go down on your anger. Don't, so take care of matters before, we, before the day ends. I'm not talking about coming under some kind of condemnation and beating yourself up, but, but having a desire to be right with God. And then it's, finally it says, and lead us not into temptation. God, as we walk with you today, Protect us from situations. So what we're praying is protect us, Lord. Lead us not to temptation. Protect us from situations that will cause us, to, will tempt us to sin, that will tempt us to say something that we shouldn't or do something that we shouldn't or watch something that we, whatever, that we need to not help us, Lord. Deliver us from those situations that, are, that want to pull us away from you and get us to do something that's not right. But deliver us from the evil one. Again, it's not me praying for me. Not me leading, don't, don't lead me 
Protect me from the evil one. Plus, protect us, Lord. Protect your family from, from the attacks of the enemy. Deliver us from the evil one. In Jesus' name. And then it ends, it ends going back to the Father. Worshiping him. Glorifying him. Praising him. Father, and saying, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. God, you are almighty. You're all powerful. You're a God who, who always was and always will be. And your kingdom is going to come on this earth at some point. And we're going to spend eternity with you in your glory and in your power. So, Father, I just bless you. We bless you and we spend time. We desire to be, to be with you. We desire to spend time with you, to renew our spirits, to be strong, to find out your will for our lives. You know, pray. It's so important that we pray. One of the most important things is, we, is our prayer life where we fellowship with God. So I just want to encourage all of us tonight. Spend, make time for God. Spend time for God. Because time spent with God is never time wasted. Never time wasted. Amen and amen. Father, I thank you for the privilege of spending time with you, of praying, of coming into you, that you allow us to come into your presence, Lord. You said we're to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I pray for everyone to desire, to discipline themselves, to spend time with you, and to know the sweetness of your fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word, and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry, and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.